Ooh, our movie's about to start. So you're just not going to offer me any popcorn? I'm sorry, Time Machine. I assumed you didn't eat. You know what they say when you assume you... Yeah, yeah, I'm an ass. I get it. I was going to say we miss an opportunity to communicate. But, Simone, that response is concerning. We have to work on this self-esteem of yours. I am going to scream. Please, shush. The movie is about to start. Force will be with you. Always. From ZSP Media, this is Past Perfect, a trivia tournament that travels through time. I'm your host, Simone Polanin. Quiet on set! Today's game of trivia is all about the movies. And as an audio professional, I cannot believe I finally get to say this, but I'm ready for my close-up. We're meeting our guests and going Hollywood after the break. Hello, my perfect past perfect listeners. I am very excited to introduce today's guests to you. They are friends and collaborators who have worked together for more than 20 years in film and TV. Sam Neve is an editor who has worked on projects like HBO's The Jinx. James Lavino is a composer for shows like Murder on Middle Beach, also on HBO. And they are both joining me here today. Thank you, guys. It's good to see you. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Thanks. Now, in addition to working together in film and TV, you guys also have a podcast, Alternate Sides, which brings together some classic themes like movies, friendship, and of course, parking. That's right. (laughs) The, The classics. Could you guys tell the folks at home a little bit more about the concept and how you came up with it? Sam and I have been collaborating for many years, and Sam is a self-confessed film snob. And I'm somebody who has not seen, actually, a lot of movies, despite working in the movie business. Like, I've never seen Rocky, or Elf, or Boogie Nights, or mm-hmm. Fanny and Alexander, Casino. He could, he could like, go on. I could he go could on, go believe on. me. Yeah. <laughs> and so, the original idea was that I was going to finally face my fears and watch some of these movies, and Sam and I would discuss it. And the sort of twist, I guess, is that Sam, every Friday morning, has to sit in his car for an hour because of Brooklyn's alternate side parking regulations. And that is when we record the show. So when Sam is stuck in his Subaru, it's really just using the kind of movie as a starting off point for a conversation between two old friends, rather than, you know, one of these kind of deeply researched movie podcasts where we go into like box office and behind the scenes stuff. We have, we have no expertise in really <laughs> we, <laughs> we just talk. Well, I, I love it. It creates this really intimate environment. And I feel like I get like good insight into your guys' relationship, which is very fun to listen to. So oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Now, you've known each other for a long time, a 20 year long friendship. That is, you know, nothing to sneeze at. Is that the expression? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sneezing. Please don't. 
I would love to know, what relationship advice do you have for our listeners? The reason we have had such a long-lasting friendship... Can't wait to hear this. ...is that we've never been in the same city for more than about two days. <laughs> I think that's gotcha. true. I think if we were roommates, we would hate each other so much. Oh, my much. God. One of us would be dead. <laughs> Distance is key. Um, Distance and trust, this. especially when you're talking about collaborating with somebody creatively, you're so vulnerable when you say, like, here's a thing I made, what do you think? And to be able to know that we're really engaged in a common cause here, to make the best thing that we can make together. That trust, I guess it kind of goes hand in hand with, with friendship. Mm, wow, that is very beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> very, yeah love you some. Very contrasting Thanks. answers. Oh, yeah. That gives you a little insight into the dynamic, actually, yeah. of what one the podcast of, w- is like. Yeah. One of us is very sensitive and a, and a joy to be around, and the, and the other one isn't. Hmm. I wonder if uh, our listeners can <laughs> figure out which is which over the course of this episode. <laughs> it's going to be a disaster. All right. Well, without further delay, let us get into our first round today. It is going to include questions about both on-screen and behind-the-scenes trivia in a round that we are calling Method or Madness. Now, this is basically our version of true or false. I'm going to describe the way a movie came together to you, and you'll have to tell me if it is true, method, or false, madness. Make sense? All right. Uh, James, you are going to kick us off this round. Okay. Here's your question. In 2022, the streamer Hulu released an original romantic comedy called Fire Island. It stars Joel Kim Booster and Bowen Yang, and it's about a group of queer vacationers spending a week on Fire Island, dancing, drinking, and wearing so many crop tops. Why don't we just get a little f***ed up and dance? Sounds great. Ah, the, the beauty of summertime. Now, is this method or madness? The movie was loosely based off of Homer's epic poem, The Odyssey. Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to say no. I don't think so, because I think of The Odyssey as being a kind of a journey and, and to trying to get somewhere. And it sounds like this is a series where people are kind of in place and hijinks ensue. So I'm going to say no. You're supposed to say madness. Madness. That's madness. <laughs> I really liked your reasoning, and it led you to the correct answer. You got it. That is madness. Fire Island was not based on the Odyssey. (laughs) However, the movie was actually based on a different story, Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. There is a pretty well-known movie that was sort of based on the Odyssey. Uh, Do you know what I'm thinking of? here, James. Isn't there a Coen Brothers movie that's sort of based on the Odyssey? Yeah. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah haven't seen it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe an episode for your guys' show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love that, the Coen Brothers. Yeah, it's a great mm. one. In, in theory. <laughs> in theory. <Yeah>. Damn. <laughs> Zing. It's a Coen Brothers movie from the year 2000. It starred George Clooney as the main character, Ulysses, which is the Roman name for Odysseus. Well, you lying, unconscious, succubus. All right, Sam, I have got a question for you. All right. The documentary Free Solo came out in 2018. The movie followed free climber Alex Honnold as he attempted to climb El Capitan, a 3,000-foot-high granite wall in Yosemite, without any ropes. The directors behind the movie went to great lengths to both ensure that filming would not jeopardize Honold's safety and get the footage necessary for their movie. 
Now, is this method or madness? In order to capture Honold's audio as he made his ascent up the wall's free rider route, filmmakers actually installed tiny microphones along the surface of El Capitan. Mm. Wow. Uh, I saw this movie and it's terrifying to watch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's really amazing. And you do hear him the whole way. Uh, I'm going to go with method on this one. I think they probably did that. Sam, that is incorrect. (laughs) This one was actually madness. They did go to pretty creative lengths to capture Honold's audio, but the filmmakers did not mic up the wall. Instead, they created a custom mic pack for Honold that fit into the chalk bag he was wearing on his waist, which Mm. uh, for all the non-climbers out there, it's sort of this uh, piece of gear climbers carry with them to keep their hands dry. Pretty creative. And it got me wondering, you know, you find yourself on some sets. What's the craziest thing you've seen someone do trying to get like perfect sound? I don't know, but I, I, I have a good sound, uh, sound man friend, Giles, who's uh, an Indian uh, sound man. And he was doing sound for the Sasha Baron Cohen movie, The, the Dictator, I think. Oh. And so he had to do, at one point, he was going to rush the cars in the UN, like the, basically the UN convoy was coming about, the, the General Assembly, and Sasha Baron Cohen was running up to the cars. And Giles had to run behind him with the boom mic. And finally he was like, this is insane. I'm going to get shot. I'm an Indian guy, you know, running around with basically a shotgun mic uh, in the UN. And Sasha finally told him, yeah, we'll probably just go with the love on this one. You don't need to follow me around. Uh, Working on a Sasha Baron Cohen production seems like it would be stressful. Exactly. Yeah, wow. Why are you guys so anti-dictators? James, we are going to go back to you. All right. So the movie musical genre is near and dear to my heart. But something you may or may not know is that sometimes movies will use a so-called ghost singer to provide vocals for an actor. In the 50s and 60s, Marnie Nixon was one of the most sought-after voices in Hollywood. Now, is this method or madness? Over the course of her career, Marnie's vocals were swapped in for Julie Andrews, Deborah Kerr's, and Audrey Hepburn's. Woof. Um, I believe that that is true. I mean, I've heard of her and I'm thinking of, is it um, My Fair Lady, maybe, that uh, she might have done those for? But I'm going to say this is method. I I believe that that's true. I know that that definitely was a thing. James. Yes. That is incorrect. I'm sorry. This one is madness, but... Uh Only because Marnie Nixon did not ever ghost sing for Julie Andrews. Okay. We were being tricky here. That makes here. sense. Felt, Julie you Andrews, felt, you felt I mean, right it's, into it's, the tough to, it's tough to find fault with Julie Andrews, I guess, as a singer. She would never. You know, I think it's a good time for me to mention that Sam hates musicals. And actually <laughs> said to me once that he thinks that nobody else actually likes musicals either. He thinks it's some conspiracy in which people pretend to like musicals, but, uh, oh, wow. but actually don't. You want to fight it, it some? Must, I mean, I can't imagine that anyone's serious about liking it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's just not possible. And I should clarify, it's not the music itself. It's that certain style that comes out of like, 
ta 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 like i it just makes me want to die immediately so you don't believe in joy and enthusiasm and earnestness I, i'm all for all for joy and enthusiasm <laughs> not in not in that particular framework all right, all right. that's okay i'm cool <laughs> it's fine <No. laughs> but yes our girl marnie she stayed booked in hollywood though she did not go sing for julie andrews she goes sang for pretty much everyone else she did hmm. all of Audrey Hepburn singing in My Fair Lady. You were right about that, James. Uh, I don't get half a point, though, for that. Too. No, cool. sadly. Sorry. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is the Thunderdome of trivia. Yeah. Sam, you have got our final question of the round. All right. The Ray Charles biopic, Ray, came out in 2004 to great critical acclaim. Actor Jamie Foxx, who starred in the film, won the Academy Award for Best Lead Actor that year. Now, is this method or madness? In order to play the blind musician, Jamie Foxx had his eyes glued shut for 14 hours a day. <laughs> uh, it's another movie I've seen, but uh, well, couldn't he have just kept them closed? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, it does seem a little extreme. I, all right, I'm going to go with method. It's the kind of insane shit that people do. I would have just kept my eyes closed, but I think maybe to win the Oscar, he did it. Sam, that is the kind of insane shit that people do. That is method. <laughs> this wow. is true. The movie's director, Taylor Hackford, suggested that Fox wear a prosthetic of Ray Charles's eyes over his own, which meant that for 12 and 14 hour days of shooting, Fox's eyes were glued shut. Initially, Fox suffered panic attacks from the ensuing claustrophobia, but he got used to the prosthetic after a couple of weeks of shooting. Hey, you'll be fine in a few weeks yeah, of not being yeah. able to see. Don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But somehow gets even sadder, uh, more disturbing. <laughs> Fox's colleagues on the movie were not quite as used to the prosthetic as the actor, and they would sometimes forget that he couldn't see and leave him behind on set, <laughs> unable to get from place to place. <laughs> That's brilliant. I might be blind, but I'm stupid. Well, that brings us to the end of our first round of questions. I've got our producer, Laura Newcomb, on the line, who has been keeping track of our scores. Mm. Laura, how are Sam and James doing? Their methods are working. They are locked in at one-to-one. -one. It's a classic first-round tie so far. Ooh, yes. Classic first-round tie. All right. But you know, anything can happen on Pass Perfect, and it does, so let's not get too comfortable and move on to our next round. The sound round. Ooh. Sam, James, as you may have noticed in your careers in film and TV, one of Hollywood's favorite subjects happens to be itself. <laughs> In this round, I'm going to play you a clip from a movie about movies, and you'll have to identify it for me. If you can't identify the clip, or if you answer incorrectly, your opponent can steal the question. Make sense? Yep, definitely. All right. Sam, you are kicking us off this round. Here is your first clip. Eating lunch before I do a scene makes me sluggish. I believe it's the job of an actor to avoid impediments to their performance. It's the actor's job to strive for 100% effectiveness. Naturally, we never succeed, but it's the pursuit that's meaningful. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. Um, so let's see, it was, it's, a, it's a precocious kid 
I got a little taste of like a Wes Anderson-y kind of vibe to it. Um, but I can't think of any movies of his that that would be. I have no idea. I'll just guess because I have to say something. Hugo? It's not Hugo, but Hugo. Sam, I am sorry. That is no. incorrect. It is not Hugo. So I turn to you, James. Do you think you know what it is? No, I don't. I can't taste it. I'm sorry. All right. Well, I will let you know. This is actually from a fairly recent movie. It is from Quentin Tarantino's 2019 Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I did see it. Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> I expected <laughs> as was... much, maybe. <laughs> the movie follows a down-and-out actor played by Leonardo DiCaprio and his stunt double played by Brad Pitt as they navigate the final days of Hollywood's so-called golden age. And in this scene, DiCaprio's character has a conversation on set of a Western with his precocious co-star played by Julia Butters. James, our next clip is for you. Let's take a listen. Because I've been to a million auditions and the same thing happens every time where I get interrupted because someone wants to get a sandwich or I'm crying and they start laughing or there's people sitting in the waiting room and they're and they're like me, but prettier. I don't know. I was trying to place the voice. I was trying to figure out just through the voice, like, who is that talking? But I can't even get that, I'm afraid. So, Sam. When she says prettier, she sounds just like Deborah Winger. But, it, but the rest of it doesn't sound like Deborah Winger. I, I think I don't know. I will reveal where this is from. This was Emma Stone in 2016's La La Land, Damien Chazelle's movie about struggling to make it in show business. And Emma Stone won an Oscar for Best Actress for her performance. Mm. It's not surprising I didn't get I can't stand this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's fair. Well, it's that a I musical didn't get it. for a start, so it's no wonder. It's 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 a musical and it's like the most lame idea of what jazz is. I <laughs> sorry. I just think it's pathetic. No I, no apologies <laughs> necessary. I appreciate the fervor. <laughs> Of your opinion. <laughs> All right. On that note, Sam, I have got another clip for you. Go on, then. Uh, let's take a listen. Those idiot producers. Those imbeciles. Haven't they got any eyes? Have they forgotten what a star looks like? I'll show them. I'll be up there again, so help me. So you guys both got excited when you heard this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now we're talking. Now we're talking. Uh, this, I hope, is Sunset Boulevard. It sure is, yes. That was from the 1950 movie Sunset Boulevard. Billy Wilder's movie stars Gloria Swanson as former silent film star Norma Desmond, who desperately plots to make a comeback in the talkies. Swanson herself was a former silent film star who had some difficulty transitioning into sound movies. Uh, The film is considered one of the best of all time and contains the iconic line... Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. This would have been very embarrassing if I'd gotten that wrong. My son's name is Wilder, in part named after Billy Wilder. So that would have sucked if I got that wrong. Well, you nailed it. So (laughs) honor is intact. My favorite line from that movie is when she says, I am big. It's the pictures that got small. Oh, (laughs) yeah, that's a good one. That's a real good line to tell yourself in the mirror. Yeah. (laughs) When you're you're in a certain, you know, place Mm -hmm. in life. All right, James, I have got one last clip this round. All right, hoping Uh, for redemption. 
Let's take a listen. Now, don't forget, Lena. The mic is on your shoulder. And whatever you say goes through the wire onto the record. Now, please, Lena, talk into the mic. Okay, let's go. So I don't know for sure, but I'm going to guess that that is Singing in the Rain. James? That is correct. You got it. (laughs) Guess another musical. uh, About the talkies. About the talkies. (laughs) Yeah, Hollywood seems to love making movies about that particular period. That is from 1952's musical comedy, Singing in the Rain. The movie is all about the making of a movie, The Dueling Cavalier, in the midst of Hollywood's transition to sound. In this scene, actress Lena Lamont is struggling to speak into her microphone on the set of The Dueling Cavalier, so it's being sewn into her dress. This movie also has one of my (laughs) favorite lines. I mean, Lena is one of my, I think, favorite movie characters of all time. Mm. And she has that great voice. And she just goes, What's the big idea? Am I dumb or something? (laughs) And that's (laughs) just... Whatever that part of your brain is that drugs touch, that line also touches that for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have reached the end of the sound round. So, Laura... I would love to know how our scores are looking. Have Sam and James broken away from a tie? Our two stars still have equal billing. It's two to two, still tied up. Okay. The utter mediocrity continues. (laughs) Well, we have one more game left to play. Let's see if we can break that tie. (coughs) Grab yourselves a little crafty, and we'll be back on set after the break. Welcome back, my Method contestants. Sam, James, how would you say this production is going so far? Awfully well. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're the star of the show. Uh, We're not pulling our weight so far. Hopefully we can do better for you. You are far too (laughs) self-deprecating. You guys are uh, shining trivia stars. (laughs) Oh, that's very kind. Very kind. You've performed beautifully. But we are about to turn up the pressure here because we have reached our final round. The lightning round. Oh boy. The way this works is I'll ask you a series of short answer trivia questions. And since your brand is all about movies, friendship, and parking, that is what our questions will touch on. Okay. (laughs) You will have 60 seconds to answer as many of them as you can. If you don't know the answer, you can pass, and I'll go to the next question. Um, And James... You are up first. All right. Let's get 60 (laughs) seconds on the clock. Your time starts now. In New York City, what's the minimum distance you must keep between your car and a fire hydrant when parking? Wow. Uh, 15 feet. Correct. What BFF pen script won the Best Original Screenplay Oscar in 1998? Uh, Is that Good Will Hunting? Correct. Who wrote the musical score for Inception and Kung Fu Panda? Hans Zimmer. Correct. Who wrote the short story, Drive My Car? Um, pass. Murakami. How many movies Ooh. are there in the Fast and Furious franchise? Oh, God, I have no idea. Uh, ten? Eleven. <sighs> the world's most expensive parking space located in Hong Kong sold for how much? No idea. <laughs> uh, 2.4 million. million U.S. dollars. Besides Bette Midler and Diane Keaton, who was in the first Wives Club? 
Oh, uh... <laughs> Pass. Goldie Hawn, who directed the 1976 movie Taxi Driver? Martin Scorsese. Yes, I'll take that one. I'll take that okay, one. Okay, great. <laughs> All right, that was a very good showing. Oh, thanks. That was very strong, mm. I gotta say. It really was. Do you feel like you've done enough to secure a win? Yes. <laughs> I don't know if that question Sam's is directed yes. toward you, but uh, <laughs> he keeps putting himself down. Sam, I believe in you. I don't think you're going to win, yeah. but I believe in you. Well, Sam, you are All up. Right. Do you think you mm. can beat your friend? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's pretty definitive. <laughs> well, I will let you know, in order to beat James, you will need to answer five questions correctly. We'll get 60 seconds on the clock for you, Sam. Your time yeah. starts now. How many days a week does alternate side parking apply in New York City? <laughs> it depends where you are. Two or four. I'll take four days. Who plays Jim Carrey's best friend in Dumb and Dumber? Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh... Jim Daniel, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Daniel. Correct. From 1895 to 1930, what color did New York City street cleaners wear? Green. White. What movie about friends who fought in Vietnam won Best Picture in 1979? Deer Hunter. Correct. Where does Batman park the Batmobile in Gotham City? In, in the Batcave. Correct. Which 1986 movie about friends took its title from a Ben E. King song? Stand by me. Correct. What movie best friends claim to have invented post-its? Dunno. Romy and Michelle. What does the Ghostbusters crew call their car? Oh. I, I don't actually know that. I, I can't accept the answer, but do you think, do you know it? No, I don't know what it's called. Is it the actually. Ectomobile? It is. Yep, the Ectomobile. Very good. Wow. Well, that was very good, Sam. How did that feel? Was it? I've, better than I expected. Ooh, I have a feeling we had a really close game today. <laughs> so I'm going to turn to Laura for our final score. What was it, Laura? In the end, James has six points, but Sam has seven. Oh my gosh, wow. Sam, that means you're our official winner. Well played, James. I, I didn't expect to win that at all. I knew you had it in you, buddy. Do you feel any different about your friendship now after going through this trivia journey today? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. I'm just, just, just <laughs> digesting that, just taking that in, getting yeah. that down. Yeah. You're just processing. Got yeah. it. Well, congratulations, Sam. This was a very exciting game today. It's been a pleasure to have you both. But before I let you go, you know, you guys talk about movies on your show while, Sam, you're trying to park. And it got me thinking, you know, Sam, what if you just took that Subaru, you went, you drove over to James, picked him up, and you two just head out on the open road together in your own ultimate road trip movie? What do you think that would look like? The funny thing about the fact that I'm always in the Subaru is that I didn't get my driver's license until at some point in my 40s. And so James famously will not really get in a car with me because he thinks that I haven't had enough road hours. So the road trip would be mostly James driving. I, I can tell you that. Uh, yeah, I think thing. that's as it should be. You have a lot of experience sitting in the car. But, uh, I do, yeah. I do. Well, listen, as a self-proclaimed bad driver, I tend to think that the co-pilot can sometimes be an even more crucial position in the road trip. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. Thank you for I having hope to us. to catch your road trip movie <laughs> sometime soon. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome back anytime. All right. Thank you so much. This was a real treat. Past Perfect 
Perfect is produced by ZSP Media, created by Zach Stewart-Pontier and me, Simone Polanin. This episode was written and produced by Laura Newcomb. The supervising producer is Liz Stiles, and featuring Karen Chi as the Time Machine. Fact-checking by Ian Michael, sound design and mixing by Sam Baer, original music and theme by Jay Bless, with show art by Sarah Gonzalez. The executive producer is Zach Stewart-Pontier. The head of production and development is Liz Stiles. Special thanks to Erica Morrison and Emily Wiedemann. You can follow me on Instagram at Simone Palanen or follow the show at Past Perfect Podcast. Thanks for hanging. We'll see you next week. I am big. It's the pictures that got small. <laughs>